Usually much more diversity. I make no apologies. <laughs> <laughs> also, I don't have much of a beard. I have more like a well, well, that's where the diversity thingy? comes into play. Yes. I, also, I if I had brought my Native American card, I could finally play. <laughs> there we but go. I didn't bring it. It's at oh, home. God damn it, Marco. We need your diversity right now. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Can I throw some I litter my... at your feet? <laughs> I was going to say, I left it in my car on blocks next to all my liquor bottles. <laughs> yeah. There it is. <laughs> No, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean for. to. They're not. That's not how they are. That's not how my tribe is. I can't speak for the others. Wow. I don't know that, that helped. I, don't know. <laughs> I was trying to. Roughly 24 to 92 hours ago, Stab's team of comedy scientists commissioned three specific humorists to give various potentially comedic takes on several random topics, which they will now perform for the first and likely last time in front of a live studio audience in a show called Stab. Welcome to the Stab Show. Already seven layers of Christmas lights deep into decorating. Now let's introduce tonight's panel. Our first panelist once kick-flipped an ollie so gnar that it erased his parents from the past. He's the director of Squad Patrol. It's Marco Cabote. <laughs> Hey, Jesse. Hi there. Our second panelist likes to tell people he's a 400-year-old vampire just to throw him off the trail of, the, of him actually being a time traveler. He's an award-winning writer and filmmaker. It's Nick, Nick Coleman. And our third panelist collects bubble wrap from through the years. And you'll never believe how it's changed. He's in week two of his two-week stab residency. It's Nick Pettigrew. <laughs> And I'm your host, Jesse Jones, fa-la-la-lolling, your la-la-la. Welcome to the Stab Show, uh, and this is your friendly weekly reminder to tune into Stab, tune into the Stab Show on Cuts, KUTZ 103.1 FM on the FM dial, and KUTZFM.org on the org dial, Saturday nights at 11 p.m., and there will be, yes, we're on the radio. What? Yeah. What, what decade Every, is this? I know. We, we like to go back. In yeah. technology. Do you, put your, do you put your episodes on cassette? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sell them out of the trunk of my car at the 99 cents only. Uh, <laughs> now, let's meet tonight's panel. Uh, Marco, hey there. Hey, hey Jesse. How hey. are you? I'm good. I was reminded, you'll enjoy this. Nobody else will. Uh, <laughs> oh, good. Um, I, I kind of started Nano, NaNoWriMo, you know, the National yeah, Novel Writing. Yeah. I kinda, I've got like 30 words in two days. Um, but I was reminded... That my I didn't do it last year, but the year before, I wrote something stupid. That uh, <laughs> so there was a there was a pen, uh, a Dale Earnhardt commemorative uh, <laughs> bobblehead pen that rewrote history, but only if you wrote it in the Def Leppard styro <laughs> spiral-bound notebook of reality. So <laughs> that's pretty great. So that's exciting. That's uh, exciting. It matters because Mark has been writing in his Def Leppard notebooks, uh, and it was a, Le a Def Leppard hysteria notebook. <laughs> that's right. I bought several of these. In a Walmart in 2010, <laughs> and I was so ex I was so excited that I was like so sick, and I bought a bunch of them, and I filled multiple ones up. At this <laughs> but yeah, in my in my Nano two years ago, that was an <laughs> integral MacGuffin. That's amazing. Was the Def Leppard Hysteria Spiral Notebook of Reality? <laughs> Welcome, Marco. Good yeah, to have hey. you. Sorry, interrupting your drink. No, it's okay. We got to get through the thing here. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are you up to, uh, comedy-wise? Stuff uh, and things. Just things. Just, just you know, things. normal stuff. We yeah. have a squad patrol show. Me and Dana in like this second Saturday at the comedy spot. Yeah. Uh, we got. I got an email today or yesterday that said I got into Sketchfest Ooh, for the third time in nice. a row, which is cool. Well done. Good, I don't know good. where yet because the last place closed down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, completely unrelated. No, I hope so. <laughs> Our show wasn't very good. No one laughed. It, they, it was dead silent. It was, it was just like crushing. Yeah, but it was pretty good. I, I thought it was pretty good. Sure. It's just nobody liked it. Well, there's, it's tough to uh, to do a tight twenty minute sketch show. Yes, and it was in the middle of two other ones. Yeah, so I'm sure we're very wacky, and we came in with like mean. Yeah, and they were like no. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing about Sketchfest. The, the the real glamour part is that you generally share an hour with two other acts in a coffee shop on a Tuesday in San Francisco. Yeah, that was about <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah, but still, you got it was credit. Cool. You yeah, got I credit. got to put that on something, yeah, which exactly. is nice. Yeah, it was neat. It was nobody, cool. nobody has to know the rest of it. Just yeah, that's all I say. It's like, I was in Sketchfest, and I just trail off at that point. <laughs> well, awesome. So that'll be probably January, February. Yeah, January. Yeah. 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 
Well, cool. And you got a show coming up. I do. Uh, in a couple, uh, we're going to redo one we did recently because it was so good. <laughs> nice. So we wanted to redo it again. Encores are good. Yeah. And it yeah. also means you don't have to write for Yeah, I wrote a last <laughs> show. I wrote all of it. It was like 45 pages, so I don't want to do that. Yeah. So Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I got a sketch uh, years ago. Oh, and this. You should. Uh, to, to let people in on the the fun su- secret of, of the show, Just it just so happened to work out this booking that basically this is the... Uh, last 22 years of sketch comedy in this city <laughs> uh, between the four of us uh, running the, the sketch programs uh, largely over the comedy spot. Oh, that's uh, true. Since like 2001. Yeah. <laughs> At least that's where I started and then Marco came along and Nick and Nick and <laughs> yeah. So the last 22-ish years straight of sketch in this goddamn town represented on this stage. And that's what, this is what it's got us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm homeless. <laughs> yeah, but I was saying that I, I'm happy to have gotten out of sketch because, and I've said it a lot of times to a lot of people, um, encouraging them that uh, sketch is the most work for the least return. <laughs> yeah, it's real hard. Yeah. You have to memorize stuff and everybody else doesn't. They yeah. just show up, drink beer, and I'm going to do my set or I'm going to do my improv. And yeah. then you're like, no, I have to learn my lines. Yeah. And then often you'll just do it once. And but then, occasionally uh, you write something that's real dumb yes. and everybody claps for it and then you go, okay, this is worth it. And it's all worth it. it. Yeah. <sighs> so yeah, uh, you can you can feel the pain and yeah. stress yeah. from this, this four... <laughs> These four gray beards. These four bearded white guys. <laughs> yeah. The most gray beards. Humiliating, yeah, the most okay. humiliating yeah, okay. part yeah. of Sketch. Oh, hold on. Yeah. Go ahead, Nick. I was gonna say, most humiliating part of Sketch is having to lug all of your fucking props and shit everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I tried to convince us to to do propless stuff, to treat <laughs> it like improv, and nobody wanted to do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. That's all I did was the minimalistist that I could. And, uh, yeah. Then that was replaced by the most props yep. you can possibly yeah, I, do. I got a. I had to empty my tarp. I had a. I bought a forty by like twenty or something tarp, and it was covered in flour. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Marco. Good to have you. Always a always a joy to have you. Thanks, Jesse. Uh, Nick Coleman. Hello. It's been a good long while since you've been around. Yes, sir. Sorry about that. No worries. Good huh? to have you, though. Yeah, I, I've been. I'm. I'm basically a shut-in. So well. <laughs> This good. is the only show I'll do. Oh well, because all I have to do is sit here and. Good. <laughs> you are you are in a, a select company that basically only do this anymore. Yeah. There's like five or five or ten people that used to do stand up, used to do whatever, and now I just break them out of the stab freezer and push them on stage, <laughs> and it's you. literally all they do anymore. Yeah, it was getting cold in there. Yeah. Well, good to have you. Um, so before going dormant, you were uh, doing the filmmaking stuffs largely yeah. and writing and yeah, I still I still like finish a short film a year. Yeah, I finished editing mm-hmm. one this year, but I haven't made a new one. But I'll get around to it. Yeah, uh, you know, writing several things and not finishing it. Oh, sure. Um, I have had a couple of things. Um, there's a podcast called First Read Radio. Yeah, where I've had some of my short screenplays turned into ear movies. Mm-hmm. One of them, second one on the way. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, that's about it. They're doing all the work. I just it's, it's shit I wrote years ago. That wow. doing. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's good but, to have yeah. something that you feel like you could submit when when yeah. something fits a yeah. submission. Totally. Yeah. yeah, and my the peak of my acting career <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in man. Nick Coleman's award-winning uh, film, Happy Accidents. Yeah. And then you were in Flip, too. That, that one was terrible. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you were the TV guy. I watched that recently, and I forgot I tried to fit everybody in it, and then yeah. it just became way too long. And I was, just, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? But yeah, good. Um, yeah. But yeah, we, we need to get you in another one, man. Well, oh, sure. So much fun. Award-winning Sacramento actor. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Mm. Yes. Uh, Best supporting actor in yeah. the Did you really win that? I did. Place called Sacramento Film Festival. It surprised me too. I mean, you're all right. <laughs> I didn't have any friends in the audience. I don't have any friends. Period. It, it was a good. It was a good turn. Chris Emery was so mad that he didn't win. Well, <laughs> he win. Yeah, I can see that. He like threw something and broke it. He was angry. Nah, he was, <laughs> well, glad to uh, glad to pull you out of the the hermit hole to yeah. get you writing stuff. Happy to be here. Yeah, uh, and other Nick Nick Pettigrew. Um. He kind of half uh, agreed <laughs> <laughs> to doing two stabs in a row, probably not thinking I would actually uh, <laughs> make him do it. 
I would I would do it every week if you needed. Oh shit! Well, that's bragging. Yeah, I mean I hate booking, so I might take you up on that. <laughs> uh, Nick, how are you? I'm doing all right. Um, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing all right. Good. Sure. Good. That's <laughs> that is the hesitant answer we all give. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I because I could go into what's actually going on. But let's just say, all right, let's just say, let's all wear this brittle mask and agree to it. (laughs) As long as you don't push, I don't push, you know, like we just, (laughs) it's mutually understood. I'm doing all right means no follow-ups, please. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good to have you, Nick. Uh, uh, Always, always enjoy having you around here. I don't imagine in the last week you've, uh, you've gotten any projects going. (laughs) <laughs> no i mean it, my son's birthday was Ooh. on wednesday so that was like a, a big thing nice that i did uh i crushed i fucking crushed him at mini golf <laughs> yeah he is Fuck six that. and he sucks man he's so bad no mercy do not do not let him get an easy win well, no because then they think that like it always comes easy and that's not the case no you have to beat them down. Yeah. <laughs> they have to learn early <laughs> that life, life is here yeah. to hurt you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even your parents. Even the ones you love. Uh-huh. Especially the ones you love. <laughs> oh, and on that chipper note, that's <laughs> where we start the show. Now the show has begun. Wow. I know. Yeah. I know. Should we trim that? Probably done 371 of these. Am I going to change now? No, I am not. Uh, <laughs> segment one, reorganization. If there's anything that can be truthfully said about the... Well, this uh, dovetails perfectly. If there's anything that can be truthfully said about the Stab Show, it's that we never have NTS or nothing to say. If anything, we've got HTS or hella to say. And while I didn't mean to make a second acronym, thus distracting you from the first nothing to say or NTS, I realized I just did it and have completely opened myself up to that being used in place of the one I actually intended, which was NTS. Any hoozle, let's forget (laughs) what I might have just told you that NTS might already stand for, and instead give me who or what else NTS might stand for or represent to you. Marco Cabote, let's hear your NTS. Why did you say it like that? Well, because... Anytime I've done this and said something else, everybody jumped on it. So I'm, oh, no, I'm I was going to, but I didn't put enough time in. Okay. I did write down HTS, and <laughs> yeah. I planned on it, and I didn't that's do right. it. Right. I just want to say that the thing I came up with, I was like, that's terrible, and I can't believe you did that. And it does not represent the Stab Show and the future show that you will receive following what I'm going to say. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Brace. It's not really that bad, but <laughs> okay. it's just stupid. Well, okay. Nothing wrong with stupid. That's where we You're hang our hat company. That's where we hang our hat. NTS. Hey, it's your mom. Wait. Hey, it's your mother. Your mom. Your mom you're in a consenting adult monogamous relationship with. <laughs> Who is your, your sex mom? <laughs> your mom you have sex with. Okay. Okay. You're a mom fucker. You weird ass mom fucker. So many times someone's like, hey, Timmy, you want to, to serve soup at the soup kitchen? And you have to tell them you're busy fucking your mom. <laughs> Timmy, don't do that. But you're gonna. <laughs> and dash away any thoughts that this is some sort of hot mom. No, this is a mom mom. Just a... Just a plain ass, floppy, frowny faced, fifty-seven-year-old mom. But sometimes, mom's done. You done exhausted that that mom puss. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> she looks at you, weary, sweat across her brow, and says, "NTS, not tonight, son." <laughs> Mama's all banged out. Mm-hmm. Dad's cool with it. <laughs> this is their introduction. <laughs> I know. I didn't know you'd have pre-sales. I felt so bad once you were like, I have pre-sales. 
Uh, the two that didn't show up made the best choice. That... <laughs> no, every, it's all we're establishing base. It's all up from here. <laughs> Thank you, Marco. I don't mean that. Uh, <laughs> Nick Coleman. Let's, all right. Uh, I, us, yeah, I apologize for the length in advance. All my other answers are way shorter than yeah, this one. That's what Marco's mom said. <laughs> <laughs> In 1995, Greg Miller invented the nudicle, a completely pointless testicular implant for neutered dogs. Fast forward five years, January 1st, 2000 in Quincy, Ohio, Wanda Marcheson and her husband Bill emerged from their Y2K bunker to discover society still intact. They were relieved beyond measure, for it had been a hellish New Year's Eve spent underground with their blue-tick coonhound, Buford. You see, Buford was not neutered. And right next door, the more tech-savvy and way less stupid Lindsay and Marcus Debussy were not worried about end times. In fact... They spent December 31st buying a purebred Bernese mountain dog, a female purebred Bernese mountain dog. I didn't need to write that twice. And her scent drove Buford crazy with canine lust. He had bitten Wanda and Bill several times that night as they tried to shoo him off their legs mid-hump. Throughout the night, the dog-loving Marchesons thought about letting Buford out of the bunker to face whatever devil spawn had been summoned by the Y2K computer bug, but they made it through. And as they exited their bunker into the chilly January morning to see life going on like normal, Wanda turned to Bill and said, Buford's getting snipped. Enter Dr. Louis Manolo, local veterinarian and three-time Jeopardy audience member. In 1997, Louis almost made it to the first table of the World Series of Poker, but couldn't pass up a slot machine with a picture of a buxom blonde on it. And he proceeded to lose all of his buy-in money to a slot machine. Then for three years prior to 2000, Louis Manolo's HOA had awarded him the Pantone 448C Award, their version of a Razzie. Named after the universally agreed upon ugliest shade of green, which was given to him because of his lawn. It wasn't a dead lawn. It was just the least green lawn in the neighborhood. No matter how many times his wife, Debbie, tried to tell him that, he just became even more obsessed. He hired and fired every lawn care expert in three counties to make his lawn greener. Finally, in the autumn of 1999, he spent his vacation money to replace the lawn with a fresh implant of Alabama bluegrass. This isn't getting any better, I'll no, tell you. Uh, just buckle up. Uh, for Debbie Bonolo, this was the third strike. She for could forgive him a lie for the first three years of their marriage in which she believed Louis was a three-time Jeopardy contestant, as he had told her, and not a three-time Jeopardy oh. audience member. She could forgive him for losing his savings to a slot machine, but canceling their yearly trip abroad just to replace a perfectly good lawn was the death knell. On Christmas morning that year, Louis woke up to find Debbie had packed up and moved out. Mm. So when Wanda Marcheson brought Buford into the clinic on the morning on Monday, January 3rd, Louis was not in top form. No, sir. He was in the most bottom of forms you can be in. <laughs> Wanda dismissed his state as a New Year's Eve hangover and peppered him with stupid questions such as, do the balls ever grow back? Louis, <laughs> in his low mood, replied with a joke that he had no idea Wanda would take seriously and forever curse everyone involved. Mm. Only by the devil's hand, Wanda. Only by the devil's hand. <laughs> oh. Now, neutering is a pretty straightforward process. I'm going to skip this paragraph explaining it. <laughs> um, Webster's so, Dictionary describes neutering. The balls can't grow back. The only exception, if Buford was cryptorchid, a condition in which one testicle is not in the scrotum and up inside his belly, and the vet did not bother to go find it. Well. Buford was cryptorchid, and Dr. Louis Manolo did not go find that ball. Aside from this, the surgery was a success, and in no time, Buford was trotting around with two silicone nudicles swinging between his hind legs. And the scent of the next-door neighbor's dog, dog no longer affected, uh, affected him. Uh, then sometime in March, that prodigal testy came on back home and eventually fused with the two nudicles in some kind of unholy symbiosis, which put something of the devil into... We're in the last page. Shut the fuck up. Which put something of the devil into Buford's brain. Later in an autopsy, the Quincy PD's canine vet would discover a cancerous fever had spread from the infected symbiosis of nudicle and testicle all the way to his brain. This is where the acronym NTS comes from, mm -hmm. nudicle testicular symbiosis. A relatively harmless and banal, banal condition that is easily fixed. But some say the devil really did come to Quincy, Ohio that day. Because Buford escaped and went on a spree in which he knocked up seven, six lady pups and killed four owners. Buford met his end at the rifle of Sheriff Wayne Higginbottom. A man whose backstory we don't have time to go into. <laughs> but just know this was a bittersweet redemption for Wayne as he had let his partner die at the maw of a rabid Siberian husky five years prior because he couldn't bring himself to shoot a dog that resembled his own childhood puppy. A week later, Marcus and Lindsay Debussy learned that Buford, Buford had impregnated their Bernese mountain dog, which he did. Bill told him it was impossible because he was snipped. He was outraged that they would come at him like this after recently losing his beloved hound. 
But what Dr. Manolo had jokingly told Wanda echoed in her head. Only by the devil's hand, Wanda. Only by the devil's hand. It, it's just going to get de- depressing now. She finally confessed to her fears to Bill. And now, I know, more. And together they knew they had to stop the birth of unholy devil dogs in Quincy. So on the morning of Martin, March, March 17, 2000, Wanda and Bill, one more page, I lied, uh, went next door with hunting rifles and shot the, <laughs> shot the poor pregnant Bernie's mountain dog. Marcus and Lindsay ran outside so fast it startled Bill, who turned and shot them both. Bill couldn't believe what he had just done and simply go. lost it. Wanda left him behind to continue her mission from God. Only to stop for a moment when she had heard one gunshot behind her. Oh. Bill had taken his own life. Oh. Wanda marched on for three blocks. Last paragraph. And then a short coda. <laughs> Wanda marched on for three blocks to the next place Buford had visited last week. But before she could get there, Sheriff Havenbottom put a bullet in her and she returned the favor. Oh. There's more? Like they were in. But okay, anyways. Oh. And thus, one of the most bizarre true crime stories of our time came to a close as Wanda Marcherson and Wayne Higginbottom bled out in the middle of the street that fateful morning. Mm. Long story short, there's no evidence <laughs> There's no evidence that nudicles do anything positive for your dog whatsoever, so why risk another Quincy, Ohio? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But, well done, Nick. Well Shh, done. Stop you, it. Did you no. actually cut something out when you said it's too long to go into, or was that written in there? Uh, yeah, it was written in there. Okay. <laughs> I had written it and edited it out, but it was something I had when I, yeah. You didn't have to run through it either. You, I, I understand the, the, the feeling that, no, this, this has to get, you could have no, just dragged that out. That could have been 15 minutes just, of the show. Yeah. Well, next time. Next time. You, you set it up. Yeah. It's well, happening. Well, now, uh, now you can just, uh. Go at half speed on all the shorter ones that you said you have. I will. And, and I also lied about that. There are some longer ones. <laughs> you, you, you I'm a liar is the... You have to okay. bring in like a phone book sized bunch of paper and then sit there and be like, the night was 1969. <laughs> it was the best of times. <laughs> That's not even a long break. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Nick. You're uh, welcome. So, so sad and so yeah. good. Uh, uh, Nick Pettigrew. You've got something in an NTS, one would imagine. Yes, that's that's the, that's what we're still doing is NTSs. Uh, let's hear yours to wrap up segment one. All right. Head Trauma Santa, HTS. No, I'm sorry. Damn it. All right, let me start. Many of the great cryptids only want to help. Mothman, for example, has shown up both at times of great peril to warn of danger, and if crypto-erotic author Gwendolyn Rose is to believe, <laughs> to be believed, <laughs> to fuck horny journalists who question his existence with his fuzzy moth dick. Oh, However, wow. not all cryptids desire to help humanity. Hmm. One such creature exists in the woods. Which woods? Not one specific wood, and yet he lies in the in wait at the edge of every wood. I speak of the damnable Sasquatch. Oh, sure, he'll lure you deep in the woods with promises of a warm cave and squirrel meat for days. He'll make you feel loved like no one has ever felt before. In his furry arms, you'll experience true peace for the first time. You'll start to think that you can have a life in the woods, just you and your Sasquatch. So one stormy night, as the thunder crashes outside your cave, you decide to give yourself to the Sasquatch. Holy and completely, the echoing of your lovemaking will pierce the great storm and be heard in the valley below. Of course... That is mostly due to the intense pain caused by Sasquatch's massive, bright pink dong. (laughs) But in the morning, when you attempt to curl your fingers in his chest hair, you'll grip nothing but air. The Sasquatch will be gone, leaving you covered in sweat, feces, and semen, with only a horrifically prolapsed anus as a memento of your time together. The truth is that all cryptids only want one thing, and it is disgusting. That is why I tattooed three letters on the pink sock of flesh that hangs from my rectum. N-T-S. Never trust Sasquatch. The show isn't always this sexy. (laughs) 
I was gonna say, can I rescind my my apology for mom yes. fuckery? Um, <laughs> usually the brow is slightly higher. We'll see. We'll see. People like. Sasquatch erotica, and I mean, I'm just trying yeah. to scratch that itch. You I don't know? know if that's true. Oh, I'm. If 80% of the early Usenet is to be believed, Marco. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, I'll just keep making old internet references that nobody gets. Segment two. It's bootlegged. Food is yum, right? It goes in your eat hole and keeps you from dying. That's pretty cool. But not all food is necessarily great. I mean, who am I to say? I ran to the defense of Circus Peanuts and Necco Wafers two weeks in a row on the Van Fully Candy Show, available on KUTZ 103.1 FM, cross-promotion. But <laughs> in this edition of Bootleg It, uh, you're being asked to take these well-known, if less than beloved, food items and give us your dollar store flea market bargain bin knockoff counterfeit or bootleg versions of each of them. Usually this is like movies and TV shows, and, but for some reason I got snacky, I guess. So let's see if this worked. Uh, so we'll go one, 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 two, 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 three times around. Uh, hopefully that did not just surprise Nick Coleman. Uh, <laughs> oh, starting with me? Oh, no, no, just that you had to do all three. No, of I'm number oh, one. Oh, no, no, okay. I got him. All right. Don't jump. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Clearly Marco wants to get to, get to his, no, his hot bootleg first. So let's, yeah. start, let's start our first of three times around. Uh, starting us off with your bootleg croutons. Croutons. <clears throat> Boy, salads are bullshit, right? <laughs> what kind of soft dick commie nonsense is all this roughage? I get it. The third heart attack should be a wake-up call. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be hard to eat all those greens with all that many dicks in my mouth. Am I right? <laughs> I'm going to need to carve it up with this bish. I did write bish. Nice. Um, if I'm going to be able to see that eagle wink... Oh, yeah. I got to carve it up in this bitch if I'm going to be able to see that eagle wink in the American flag I use as a mirror every morning. <laughs> How about some croutons? Uh -huh. Shut your lispy mouth, Federico. <laughs> I ain't paying upwards of two whole American dollars for off... Or four? Mm -hmm. Off... Oh, off brand. It was okay. There you go. I ain't paying... Two whole American dollars for off-brand square sales? <laughs> is there another way? There is? Mm -hmm. What are these? They're two crons! <laughs> Bite-sized cracker shavings formed into squares for only 60 su 62 cents a pack. <laughs> we, we, we use only the tastiest bonding agents and the least deadly preservatives. <laughs> Tastes almost just like the real thing, but not really. But fuck it, you just wanted salt anyway. Mm. Pour them all over that s Sally. That's what I call salads. Pour them all over that Sally and smother it in ranch to defeat the purpose. <laughs> Two crons for when pretending to be healthy isn't enough. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Marco. And um, I do love it every show um, when we introduce to the audience, new and old, my favorite part of having Marco on the show him not being able to read his own handwriting. I, <laughs> I thought I, I was trying really hard this yeah. time to have good handwriting, but I ran out of time. <laughs> That's all right. It's a, it's the Marco charm. You wrote it. How can you not read your own? <laughs> I can't handwriting? read my own handwriting. Yeah. That's better. Yeah. Uh, Nick Coleman, let's hear your uh, bootleg croutons. <sighs> okay. They don't um, have to be that long. <laughs> yeah, I just wrote like a knockoff name and a brief yeah, slogan. That works. Oh, it's not 17 pages? <laughs> no! <laughs> it's not even a sentence. <laughs> You're the one that's making the short form prompt long, Marco. This is supposed to be quick and punchy. All right, croutons. No. <laughs> no. Yeast shards. Real yeast flavored fructose makes real yeast shards. Hell yeah. That's it. Yeast oh, shards. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's generally what we're going for. <laughs> no, you can have more. Cool, I read it right. Everything works. Everything. There's no rules. Uh, Nick Pettigrew, uh, bootleg croutons, go. Uh, Cope Luwak croutons. Every fool knows that the best coffee beans in the world are those that have passed through the digestive tract of the palm civet. 
The same maxim holds true for croutons. No finer crouton has there ever been than those that have been harvested from the feces of those wondrous weasels. Each crouton is painstakingly extracted by the hands of hard-working Indonesian children and baked to a deep brown perfection. So feel free to toss a few Kopi Luwak croutons on your next Caesar salad and eat shit. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Subway's new slogan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, second time around, we got to pick up the pace. No rush. I have to pick up the pace. You guys do your thing. Uh, let's hear your bootleg, Marco, your bootleg alphabet soup. You ever look down at your alphabet soup and think, I know these. <laughs> <laughs> Letters, I mean. I'm up on them. Uh, this, this soup isn't teaching me anything. I don't eat canned soup for the taste. I'm in it for the knowledge. While I'm sure they make Cyrillic alphabet soup or Mandarin alphabet soup, I'm also looking to be cheap. That's why I got Morse code soup. It's, it's just lines and dots. They just make them out of the leftovers from the real letters. That's why it's cheap. That's why it's a knockoff. That's why I got there. Yeah. I did look up if they had Cyrillic Morse code also. I was like, is that a thing? Do they turn those backwards ends into beep, beep, boop, boops? And, and they did in like the 1800s. So. Oh, did they actually? Yeah, they actually did. Oh. I, don't, I didn't look up Mandarin Chinese. Well, yeah. That'd be neat too, but I, I, I looked up yeah, Cyrillic. I would buy Morse, Morse code soup. Yeah, that's uh, what I thought. Because everything is a word. It's just a line or a dot. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, actually, I translated Cyrillic into Morse code using some internet translator, mm. and then it just gave me lines and dots, so it could have been wrong. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if the backwards in and three in Cyrillic are actually uh, being beep, beep, boop, booped out. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, awesome. That's a guy you don't know if he's doing his job. <laughs> yeah, I'll send that. You don't know. <laughs> Bing bong SOS yeah, like, or something. Yeah, he's probably doing it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Marco. Uh, Nick Holman, bootleg alphabet soup. Alphabet soup? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Try Abjadiyah Hassan, which is Arabic, Arabic for alphabet soup. Nice. Relax. <laughs> Everything's fine. <laughs> That's right. The hardest alphabet in the world, now available in suit form. Yeah. When learning Arabic, letter forms change depending on which position the letter takes in the word. Oh, shit. And when you eat Abjadiyah Hassan, you also be like, what the fuck? How do I even wear a swipes bowl off table? Abjadiyah Hassan. <laughs> nice. Sorry nice. for butchering that. No. I, I mean, <laughs> we believe whatever pronunciation. Uh, see? See? We get smart around here. Uh, <laughs> and it got no laughs. Yeah. Oh, it did. Keep it low. It got plenty. Yeah, you got to keep it laughs. all about that Sasquatch. You got to ration out the, the, the blue. Uh... Nick Pettigrew, your uh, bootleg alphabet soup. All right. Jordan Peterson's non-woke alphabet soup. <laughs> the wokeness disease is running rampant across America, mm. and it's even infected our alphabet soups. LGBTQIA? Those letters have no place in a God-loving American <laughs> soup. Mm. Our soup only has C, D, E, F, H J K M N O P R S U V W X Y Z to spell classic conservative American words like work, moxie, and spunk. So grab a can of Jordan Peterson soup and you'll taste the spunk. <laughs> Brow back down. <laughs> It's ships. It's a sliding scale. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Nick. Uh, Marco, let's get fun. our third time through bootlegs with, I don't know why, I haven't thought about this in years and it just came into my head. Let's get your bootleg canned ham. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Like, canned ham? That's yeah. not spam. That's no. canned ham. That's canned ham. With canned ham prices at all-time highs, Ooh. it's time <laughs> the canned ham eating community, you know who you are, <laughs> The kind of guy who wears vests with lures in them, mm. complains about their ex-wife to strangers at the bar. <laughs> the kind of guy who never washes his ass crap because that's gay. 
these guys need an alternative. That's why, and that's why Hormel is introducing bagged goat meat. Think about it. You're not sure if you should eat a goat. They are a farm animal, but like they were like a weird one. No one eats goat meat, but maybe they should. And then I didn't finish it. Apparently, and I just wrote. I wrote. You don't know, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. But you don't know. You don't. you don't. They're on a farm. They're doing something, yeah. right? I mean, what do you do when one of them falls down and doesn't get back up? You just throw it away? No. No. <laughs> you talking about the fainting that's one? Good meat. No. <laughs> no. When it dies, I didn't want to say dying. You can say goats die. Yeah. They do. But also, I mean, uh, Canadians must be onto something with their bagged milk. So maybe you. Yeah, you... I didn't really elaborate on bag. For no reason. I thought bag no, but was funny. Bag is funny. It's funnier it than a can. It's it like is. cheaper. Yeah. Because it's weird to have. Oh, I got my meat in a bag. Yeah. I mean, you 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 do, but. <laughs> got a bag of meat. I got a bag of meat at the store. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you, Marco. Nick Coleman. Uh, bootleg canned ham. Go. Canned ham. No. <laughs> First there was canned ham. Then there was spam. Well. Now there's am, just am. It was going to be Pam to save money on the lettering, but then Pam Cooking Spray Company sued us, so we went with am Mm -hmm. and saved even more money on lettering. (laughs) What's in the can? Am, you dummy. I already told you. It's like ham, but without that dandy certified H taking up space. (laughs) Am. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just (laughs) open up a can of am. (laughs) Is it there? It am. Whatever it is, it am in it. Uh, thank you, Nick. Nick Pettigrew, let's close this out with some uh, bootleggings of your bootleg canned ham. Uh, it's called Horrible Ham. Mm-hmm. This ham comes straight from the absolute worst, most vile pigs to ever roam the earth. Mm. From homicide to charity fraud, these are truly swines. The only meat product that has the PETA stamp of approval, horrible ham may come from the worst pigs, but it has the best flavor. Justice. (laughs) What did you want me to do? (laughs) No. No, it's that good smoky justice flavor. Mmm. You can taste it. Ham ham's weird. It is. Is it? You're, you're talking the one that's shaped like a ham, mm-hmm. right? Well, yeah. It's shaped like a canned ham. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you slurp it out but of the can. But it's that like weird kind of like that. Oh no, I'm talking about those oh, bad boys, ones. the oh, real ones. Okay. All right, we gotta get going, Marco. As much as oh. I love you continuing to undermine the show by bantering That's as much as you I can, like <laughs> I like bantering with Marco, but I can't. We gotta go because we're only two fists of the way through this goddamn oh, show. No. Oh, you guys need drinks? I'll do something. We'll figure it out. Uh, segment three, it's celebration time. Time is a flat circle or some kind of matrixy nonsense that somebody shouts when they want to sound smart and or important. The thing, though, about this edition of the Celebration Time Stab prompt, prompt Stravaganza is that I happen to find a handful of very closely related things. What happened on this? The, no- <laughs> the November 3 of... <laughs> The near end of 2023. And in celebration time, you're asked to tell us how you've been or plan to be celebrating these following things that just so happened to happen on this day in history. So, let's hear what you've been up to. Uh, normally, the two things are happen like years and decades, even centuries apart. But you'll find out what happened tonight. Marco Cabote. On this day in 1957, the Soviet Union launches Sputnik 2 with a dog named Laika. On board, the first animal to enter orbit. Meanwhile, at the same dang time, on the same dang year of 1957, Swedish actor Dolph Lundgren was born. How have you been celebrating these things? I teed up several of these for you tonight, Marco. <laughs> first, I need a good story for the sympathies of the lady at the shelter. Some, Something about my sick kid or my brother having cancer. Anything that fast tracks an ugly, ratty little butt dog into my arms. I'm going to name it Laika 2 in the proud tradition of Russian naming conventions because they just named it Sputnik 2. Then I tell that dog he's a good boy until I get him home and I duct tape him onto the wall of a trash can. I've welded to a cannonball. I've attached to several... Approximations of pre-Soyuz kerosene rockets Mm. I designed based on drunk-skimming Wikipedia articles on the toilet at work. 
once it's time for liftoff, I take or I time the liftoff or I time the takeoff mm -hmm. using a 1988 VHS copy of <laughs> Masters of the Universe starring Dolph Lundgren, the American patron saint of the USSR. <laughs> Once the 106-minute run time is over, the rocket is ignited, presumably launching Lake It 2 into orbit in the Soviet tradition of... Uh, uh, oh, the, the, the Soviet tradition... So much, uh, so much of their uh, <laughs> we got in the this. Soviet tradition of so much of their science. How much can we terrify this dog? <laughs> <laughs> and just like how the real Lake had died of cabin overheating on the fourth day, <laughs> if Lake two doesn't make it, in the words of the American patron saint of Russia, mm -hmm. if he dies, he dies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we had yeah. to get there. I wrote oh, yeah. it in big words too. Was, Hell yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know Soviet, what the Soviet Union was just throwing animals into space willy nilly. It was just here you go. That's See right. how we do, cat. They were dog. like, put dog in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we put radio in there. Maybe we hear his death knell. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you, Marco. Uh, you're welcome as well. Uh, <laughs> Nick Coleman, on this day in 1952. Clarence Birdseye markets frozen peas. And at the same dang time, in the same dang year of 1952, American comedian Roseanne Barr was born. <laughs> How have you been celebrating that? Uh, I like to go out in public and sing the national anthem very poorly yeah. until someone punches me in the face. <laughs> mm -hmm. If that doesn't get it there, then I'll just start saying racist, racist stuff to random people until mm -hmm. it happens. Sure. And then I go home and put frozen peas on, on my face to relieve the swelling. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Straightforward. Yeah. See? Nick's getting us back on time. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Thank you. Did he, though? Because he spent 15 minutes He's evening on the it first out. One. He's <laughs> evening it out. I said I would even out. <laughs> there will be redemption. <laughs> and finally, Nick Pettigrew, uh, your celebration time. On this day, in 1956, the 1939 film The Wizard of Oz is televised for the first time. Meanwhile! At the same dang time, <laughs> in the same dang year, Mystery Science Theater 3000 and Riff Tracks' Kevin Murphy is born. How have you been celebrating these things? Well, today was the day that the cinematic masterpiece, The Wizard of Oz, was finally seen the way it was meant to be seen, <laughs> on a much smaller screen and with plenty of commercials. But of course... The only way to properly honor this day and the birth of M MST3K's Kevin Murphy is to watch the film in a dark theater at a 4 by 3 aspect ratio with my two robots that I built out of parts that control where the movie begins and ends. Mm -hmm. We'll sit and tell heavily scripted jokes that people will think are improvised. <laughs> this will cause some of those people to make their own version of the show, but they won't plan nearly as much and it will be bad. Like level one improv class show bad. Yeah. All the while, uh, the corpse of one of the lollipop guild will <laughs> gently sway in the background. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You know. The hanged, that, the hanged munchkin? Doesn't that mean that when he gets, she gets to Oz, though, it's just black and white still? Because it's the 50s? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. have the same impact. Yeah, it does there'd not. be kids who are just like, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the big transition into color <laughs> it just be really doesn't hit on a black and white TV. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Uh, <laughs> quickly on to segment four. It's vows to an asshole. Love can find you anywhere. On the road, in a rest stop bathroom, thumbing through the kick-ass trucker tapes at the pump and choke while you wait for your riblet sandwich to finish microwaving. It's a beautiful thing when it finds you. Unless it's some kind of asshole. But you don't mind. You love that bitch. And in this vehicular theme, vows to an asshole, I don't know, I had themes tonight. It just happened. Uh, you are asked to share with us your wedding vows to these generally unlovable nouns or concepts. So let's hear your love engine roar. Marco Cabote, let's hear your vows to Cole Rowland. I had to look up what that was. You didn't I actually didn't know, know Cole, Cole Rowland? Rowland. You, Once I saw it, your I was redneck like, ass. Oh, I assumed it was like trucker trucks with coal on the back. Oh, no. Because that no. sounds like something truckers Everybody would say. Are you familiar with Cole Rowland? 
It's, no? it's where you you have like a diesel truck and you blow fumes of smoke just out of billowing it. Billowing clouds like to of be, black. Just, like cult, seemingly yeah. to be an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, like modifying your truck to be less clean so it blows smoke. Yeah. Everywhere. And they love doing it next to like a uh, hybrid vehicles. Right. You know? <laughs> so like that's worked into my something. thing. Yeah. So anyway, there, there, I there's it up, your that setup. Was it. I read the first paragraph of the Wikipedia article, yes. and that's what uh, where I got it from. If also. for every time somebody referenced or researched uh, something in the show on Wikipedia, they donated, we wouldn't have to get those emails anymore. Yeah. We could keep them in business. <laughs> the amount of research the show does. Coal rolling. Oh wait, I gotta say it like I'm in love with it. <laughs> Coal rolling. The first time I saw you, I just knew. The way your 7.3 liter Power Stroke Turbo V8 blew two full stacks of black soot sky high directly in front of that 2019 Prius as you drove over that 2022 Hyundai Ionic. It was clear we would spend the rest of our lives counteracting climate activists. <laughs> Unlike climate alarmists and their uni univariate approach to the complex and ever-evolving problem of, of climate change, <laughs> the jury is still out on all caps! <laughs> Your complex, interesting, funny, or and funny, like how monster trucks shaped like dinosaurs are funny. <laughs> and awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yes, coal rolling. <laughs> Modified or coal rolling, modified diesel. I love you, and I love you, or I love, and I lo I love just as much. Uh, I love you just as much, or and I'll I'll love you just as much when the world's burning around us, and when Tesla drivers and their upper middle class solutions. <laughs> I gotta do that. <laughs> Realize how catastrophic lithium-ion batteries are for the environment. Throw those revs right in my heart, sweet love. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You know you you turned you brought me around. You brought right? me around. On right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> They're just sweethearts. They're very opinionated <laughs> sweethearts. Uh, Nick Coleman, <clears throat> let's hear your vows to leaving work to discover you've got a flat. Leaving work to discover you've got a flat. I remember the first time we met. I knew we'd be together for at least an hour, according to AAA. But it wound up being a lot longer. In fact, we're still here in this parking lot outside of Half Price Books, long after the rest of my coworkers have gone home. I'm so grateful to have a beautiful anthropomorphized concept, such as yourself, by my side through this situation, which is also you. I'm not saying it's bad. No, no, no. I wasn't going to call you an asshole. Those are the prompts words. The prompt that got me into this situation, I mean, introduced us. Look, honey, light of my life, the wind beneath my wings, which used to be in my tire. <laughs> Let me start over. It's so great to see your parents here to support us. Mr. Car with the tinted windows being the only other car in this parking lot, and I can't tell if someone's in there or not. Thank you for letting me marry your daughter. And you, Mrs. Homeless Woman and frequent patron of Citrus Heights Half Price Books location who is currently diving in our dumpster. Thank you for accepting me into your family. <laughs> and on my side of the family, my father, ADHD, has me so it turned around inside of my own bit. And mom, you, you know your name. <laughs> Oops, looks like someone invited uncle. I had three Wendy Baconators and three coffees today that want to exit my body right now. I see you brought along a new girl. What's that? Nice to meet you. I'm about to shit against the glass front doors of Half Price Books because fuck this place. Back to you, babe. Let us build a home, a life, and a family from our bonds of true love and our vows to stick together through all of life's challenges, mm. such as being stuck on the side of the road because of engine trouble. No, I'm not suggesting a three-way. I just, <laughs> I love you, and I do. Please take it away, Padre. The priest steps forward, says all of his shit, then wraps it up with, if anyone objects to this marriage, please stand now. Just then, the church doors swing open. Or we're in a parking lot. I don't know what's going on. And in, wa and in walks a camera I've never noticed before facing this door I'm shitting on. I turn back to my love and say, I think our firstborn should be named. I'll lose my job if we don't break in and delete that footage. <laughs> and we're still married to this day. Oh, that's, that's sweet. Thank you. Thank that's you. sweet. Just press ham up against the window. <laughs> Just... Just squeezing out of uh, Nick Pettigrew. <laughs> Nick Pettigrew. Let's wrap up some vows. <clears throat> Let's hear what you've got. I'm going to assume that's Corey. I don't know. Uh, I'm trusting uh, the lobby. 
Nick Pettigrew, uh, let's wrap up Vows to an Asshole. Let's hear your vows to not getting a bike for Christmas, even though you made it real clear that all you wanted this year was a bike. <laughs> I love you because you've given me so, so very much. Just not a bike. But that's okay. My parents would say that it's better to chase your dream than to actually get it. But they never achieved their dreams, so how in the fuck would they know? <laughs> the other thing that's incredible is that I can't even complain about uh, uh, complain about not getting the one thing that I wanted because you got me a bunch of other cool things, mm. like super cool set of road safety tools. <laughs> I'll really need a seatbelt cutter to get out of a car in the event of an accident, especially because I won't be getting around by bike. <laughs> but really, who needs a bike? I don't need a bike. I just really wanted a bike. <laughs> I mean, other people got me a helmet and the bike rack for my car and a super sweet snug biking outfit with the clackety shoes like all those super cool old guys who hang out at the pete's coffee wear i can't hang out with those jacked silver foxes because they'll immediately sniff me out as a poser to be honest though i, I don't know if this is going to last because if i got the bike i'd probably be super into it for a few months and then move on to a new hobby, and the bike would just gather dust hanging in the garage. Mm. And I'd look at it sometimes and think, I should ride my bike. But then I'd realize that I need to put air in the tires and find my clacky shoes, and my biking suit wouldn't fit. And even if I got over all of that, by the time I get on the bike, I'd be too tired to actually go riding. What was I talking about? I, let's get married. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's. That's what you always want to hear. I don't know. Let's just. Why not? I bought the ring already. What are we doing? Uh, and we've, <laughs> we've arrived at segment five. It's Department of Tourism. Travel. It's all, not all it's cracked up to be. Maybe you just want to see some place that has slightly different shops than the place you're always in. In that case, you might need a little help deciding which where to go. And in Department of Tourism, it's the job of our panelists to try and convince the indecisive traveler that your place is the one they should want to visit or put down whole new-ass roots in. Marco Cabote, <clears throat> let's hear your, uh, your pitch, your tourism guide, for Raddington Heights. <coughs> Raddington Heights. Whoa! <laughs> you just kick-flip ollie into the most tubular, mondo, bodacious, sunglass-wearing, neon, puffy jacket of cool dude cities. Raddington Heights! Yeah. You ready for a ninja-filled shopping montage of dinosaur shirts and Australia fetishization? <laughs> Me too, cool dude. We're got <laughs> We've got the chillest waves on the softest beach with the hottest babes in the pinkest bikinis, and they just melt at the sight of party cool mall rat backwards cap type guys easing their way into 90s fashion. Yeah! <laughs> so if you like waves and beers and beating up nerds and parties and babes and holoca helicopters. Oh, whoa. And, and <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good save. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Holocaust. Yeah. Holocaust. Almost took a weird <laughs> turn. It'll just be beer, babes, Holocaust <laughs> denial. Anyway, yeah, woo, skateboard. No. Uh, <laughs> beating up nerds, parties, babes, helicopters. Yes. Deans who got their comeuppance. Mm -hmm. Titties. <laughs> Oft, uh, 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 other cool dudes and cool dude homoerotic volleyball volleyball tournaments. Uh -huh. Raddington Heights has got a fighter jet full of shredding guitar solos just for you. Raddington Heights, cool dudes only. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we got away with so much in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> Problematic. <laughs> and it was only five million. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are we doing? It wasn't as many as they claim. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Marco Cabote. Uh thank you for, for all of that. How can people get more uh, Marco Cabote in their lives should they choose such a thing to be? Squad Patrol, mm -hmm. my sketch comedy group, will be performing at the Sacramento Comedy Spot the second 
Saturday of yeah. November. Like eight days. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's going to be awesome. Uh-huh. We're doing a song Ooh. and a whole epic show about mobsters. Nice. It'll be great. Awesome. Well, check that out. Enjoy all of that. Thank you, Marco. Always a pleasure. Yeah. I'll also be going to the Holocaust Museum <laughs> to make sure that I... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to make sure I know what's Just, happening yeah. there. <laughs> Just drop off a couple apology notes. Yeah, this, is, this shit sucks. <laughs> this was bad. Yeah. Why didn't anybody tell me about this? Hey, guys. No, I just went. That was bad. (laughs) Why didn't you tell me? (laughs) Why didn't nobody say this? (laughs) Thank you, Mark. Nick Coleman. Uh, Make us want to visit Beer Pong Tropolis. All right. Let's bring it home with a little bit of blue. Yeah. There's only one thing you need to know about Beer Pong Tropolis. We fuck. (laughs) You see this hospital right here? It fucks. And all these parks and the people inside of them, they also fuck. The question is, do you fuck, bro? Fuck yeah, you do. Get in here and shotgun this beer, my guy. Welcome to Beer Bong Tropolis, where your next beer bong match is always just around the corner and in the middle of the street because we don't drive here. The other cities won't let us because they're a bunch of pussies. That's the only rule here. Don't be a pussy. Oh, and, and don't, don't fuck Debbie. I know I said we fuck here. We totally do. But whatever you do, don't fuck Debbie. She's got some kind of curse on her. Yeah, I don't know her deal. She was married to a cursed veterinarian or something. She says she's cursed because of some neuter job gone wrong, and we, like, built this wall around the city to keep Mm -hmm. the rabid dogs out. I don't know, bro. We can't get rid of her. We should probably sacrifice her to the dogs. But whatever, man. Like I said, she fucks. So if you do fuck Debbie, just know that if you leave this city, the dogs will get you. (laughs) So come on down to Beer Pong Tropolis where we all fuck. And we're also fucked because of Debbie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, guys, see the novella paid off in the end. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you guys. No, you didn't believe. You didn't believe. I can do it. Thank you, Nick Coleman. You're welcome. So good, <laughs> Nick Coleman. Um, uh, can people? Oh yeah, you've got you got stuff that you can point people towards. How can people get more Nick Coleman in their lives? Uh, you can you can watch some movies on YouTube mm-hmm. uh, at Nick's Movies. That works now. You can do like a little forward slash at oh. Nick's Movies. Yeah, I know. Nice. I just found it out. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm on Instagram at Nick Makes Movies. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm with my friends at First Read Radio. I, I kind of help them out. Um, I got a couple of, they make they turn short screenplays into short movies, mm-hmm. ear movies. And you can look for my episode or any episode. Mine's called The Clerk and the Coxman. Mm-hmm. And then the new season's starting, and I'll have a new one called Decapitator. Nice. Uh, yeah. Awesome. There's still plenty of ways to get Nick Coleman in your life? There Just you go. Not in person. That's all right. That's overrated. Who would own a brick and mortar theater and expect people to show them? That's <laughs> dumb as hell, Nick. You keep writing stuff that people read for you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, and Nick Pettigrew, hey, before we wrap up the program, how can people get uh, more heap and helping big old gobs of Nick Coleman where they work, or Nick Pettigrew where they work in bank? There's two, uh, that was the one time I, I, I confused the Knicks. You did it Come in on. There. You did it in the intro. You did no, a great job. You did a great did job. Um, come down to Pasadena. I'm here. <laughs> Just hang out. Uh, that's about like the only – I mean if you want – I mean you could hang out in front of my kid's school maybe. I'm there uh, in the morning and in the afternoon. <laughs> Probably shouldn't. Uh, just to pick up and drop off. But uh, <laughs> if you want to hang out there, you could see me. Um but that's about it. Okay. I guess I'm online too. I make I make games if you ever want to play uh, weird video games. And uh, God, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> what is the IO for that one? Uh, it's itch.io slash uh, I think Nick Pettigrew. There you go. Um, yeah. If you want to play and some of Nick's be- early games while we continue to wish list express assist. <laughs> Yes, Expressorcist will. It's going to come out. It's Express Exorcism. It's a whole thing. It takes time. <laughs> well, thank you, Nick, for being a part of this. We enjoy the hell out of you. Got Nick or Nick Pettigrew two weeks in a row. That's uh, oh, it's more than I can more than I can hope for. And Nick Coleman too. So many Nicks. And then a Marco. I'm Ugh. sorry. <laughs> uh, Nick Pettigrew, let's wrap up the program with your pitch to make us want to come visit. I wish you wouldn't. And... Tired of feeling the intense full-body cringe of watching people do things that make you illogically uncomfortable? <laughs> then you should come down to, I wish you wouldn't. And 
Never again will you have to endure watching someone who can't sing earnestly try singing in front of a large group of people. That shit doesn't happen, and I wish you wouldn't, and... Over at I Wish You Wouldn't and High, none of the kids do those big, overproduced public performances where they ask another kid to prom just to have them say no. Mm. Nobody proposes at somebody else's wedding to try and save their relationship. <laughs> As a matter of fact, if anyone starts to do anything that is even remotely cringy and makes anyone else feel weird... They are promptly arrested, shot, and their bodies disposed out of the, outside of the city limits. We all agreed it's better that way because if you're doing something that cringe, you wouldn't want to live afterwards anyways, sure. you know? For the more aggressive tourists, we suggest you check out nearby I Wish a Motherfucker Would, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're looking for a worry-free experience, please come check out I Wish... <laughs> Please come check us out. As a matter of fact, I wish you would check out. I wish you wouldn't. Yeah. Was was that cringe? Oh. Oh fuck. Oh god, they're coming for me. Please. You guys, you have to help me out. Please don't like Oh, oh no. Oh. Oh. Well, Guess then that means uh, that is over. Thank you for joining us tonight, and of course a very special right thank time. you to our incredible panel: Marco Cabodi, Nick Coleman, and Nick Pettigrew. Now, if you enjoyed this dang, if you enjoyed this thing so dang much that you just have to have access to 372 other episodes similar but different to it, then you should subscribe to The Stab Show via the podcast provider of your choice, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Good Pods app. Or if you want to catch it live as it happens, then you just need to come on down to the Stab Comedy Theater or tune in to Stab TV at 7.30 Friday nights, and you'll be getting it, getting it. <laughs> but that's all we've got for you tonight. So until next time, I've been your host, Jesse Jones, saying don't forget to set your clocks back four hours this Tuesday afternoon and let the world sort out whatever the fuck else. Good night.